1: dot com in Kansas 1877 70 Stop in Louisiana visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland visit one 800 gamblernet in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero 522 4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here visit gambling helpline MA.org or call eight hundred three two seven 327 5050 support in Massachusetts or call 877 8 Hope ny or text hope ny in new york
2: welcome into five things this is eric mckinney joined as always after every usc game by greg katz and mark kolkin and we're here talking usc 41 arizona 34 greg let's go straight into our first thing as always your player of the game Well,
3: you know what? You could take the quarterbacks and you could say the quarterbacks, you know, obviously did some good things. They've competed against each other and we could talk about that at a later point. But for me, the player of the game would be Keontae Ingram. I thought he controlled the game. When you think that SC didn't score a touchdown in the second half, really, I think it was just two field goals. Uh, The guy who at least got them to that point, besides some nice quarterbacking off and on, was Keontae Ingram. I think if some of those penalties that were uh, administered on some of his longest runs. I mean, he could have had 300 yards rushing if you didn't keep taking away every time somebody was caught holding for one reason or another. But I thought that Keontae really, this was I think with the, the tailback that USC is used to now, it's not really a tailback because he's not lined up in a tailback. He's an offset back. So I, I, I refuse to give into the tailback uh, stuff. It, it uh, revolts me. It's a running back period in my opinion, but no, I'm going with Keontae, well-earned, tough, did some really great things out there. And like I said, without a couple of penalties, uh, he could have had one special night, no matter what position you're calling it.
2: Mark, go ahead. You're a player of the game.
3: Yeah.
4: I don't think there's probably not going to be any other player chosen tonight. Um, Keontae Ingram, you have to give it to him. Uh, you know, 26 rushes, 186 yards on the ground, as Greg mentioned, Uh, He's probably closer to 300 if he doesn't have, I don't know how many runs he had called back, but I know he had at least one 58-yard touchdown called back. Um, So, yeah, let's just, we'll cut that really short. Keonta Ingram, um, he ran the ball extremely well, and it's a good thing he was here tonight.
2: Yeah, it, I mean it's Keontae. I can we can give some credit, I think, to the quarterbacks. and you got Keaton Slovis, 14 of 20, 192 yards. Jackson Dart, twelve of eighteen, 109 yards. Both of them threw two touchdowns. Keaton had the one interception on a tip ball, uh, they got brought back. But when you're trying to juggle those two guys and, and you're seeing time here and going to the sideline and then coming out, I, I thought they did okay at sort of keeping them in in rhythm. And and that was kind of a concern. Uh, that Graham Harrell talked about when you play two quarterbacks, how do you find that rhythm uh for them? But yeah, you, you lean on Keontae, especially when Drake London goes down and, and he really responded. And that's a couple big games back to back. And certainly, and and we may talk about this, you know, going forward a, a, a lot, but you expect to see Keontae quite a bit now over the uh the second, not the second half, but but these latter games uh in the season. Second thing, and Mark, we'll start with you here, and, and that's the play of the game for you.
4: Yeah, and again, I don't think we're going to get any disagreement amongst the three of us. Uh, Drake London, touchdown, season probably over. Uh, that play. Um, you know, USC hasn't made an official announcement yet. Um, however, we do have sources, so I'm going to kind of break the news. Uh, they they think he broke his ankle so we probably saw drake london's last play as a touchdown reception from jackson dart that was the play of the game and the reason it's the play of the game is it's even though it's this late into the season it's now forcing usc to kind of create a new identity on offense because it's been drake london drake london will not be a part of this offense i'm going to assume very strongly for these last four games of the year so now, USC has to re-identify themselves.
2: Greg, go ahead. Your play of the game.
3: Well, I agree totally with Mark. Um, I talked to sources after the game that saw him after the game. He was in a white cast. I don't, I'm not sure if it was definitely a, a hard cast or a soft cast, but it went from his ankle all the way up to below his knee. Uh, he was in good spirits. Uh, didn't seem to be angry about everything. They had him on a cart. He had crutches. Uh, And so uh, my feeling is I agree with Mark. I think he's done for the season. Uh, I think he's done for a bowl game. Uh, We may have seen the last of of Drake London. It's possible. uh, I mean, you could, you know, if you want to hold out a real prayer and a hope that he decides, well, I'll come back next season. But I think when you have an injury like this, it really lets you know how fragile each play can be in football. Uh, The good news, it wasn't a dirty play. It was, it was a freak injury. And, uh, you know, I think, he could probably say, look, it, it happened. It's just part of the game. But I think uh, they do have to identify their offense. And I think they were starting to do it um, with the carries of Ingram. I think we're gonna they're going to have to do it. Now, we can talk about something else later on. But I think at this point, it's pretty obvious that they need a balanced attack at some level. Uh, and then we've got a real quarterback competition in our hands. No question about it.
2: Yeah, that I mean, that's clearly the, the most impactful play for USC, maybe, maybe of the season, and certainly looking forward. I'll say kind of for this specific game, we mentioned some of Keontae Ingram's long runs that got brought back. He had a 45-yard run. USC gets the ball. Uh, six minutes to go, and and he kind of gets that drive started. They can't finish it with a touchdown, but they are able to. USC is able to kick a field goal to go back up by ten, and and kind of put Arizona. F- finally, you know, sort, sort of on the ropes and and away a little bit. So I'll go ahead and, and say for this game, for kind of locking up the win, uh, that big run for, for Kiate Ingram. And, and Mark, you mentioned all the runs came back. It was at least three big runs that, that got brought back for Kiate. So to be able to see him get one and, and a really important one, uh, I, I think that was big. And again, a, a way for the USC running game to kind of step up and and figure out how to finally put Arizona away because uh it sure looked for a lot of that second half like Arizona was just gonna keep crawling its way and and eventually get back maybe tie it maybe even go ahead uh with the way things were looking so we've got we're, we're gonna go to our third thing and and we're gonna tweak it a little bit we we've got our trick here it being Halloween so this is the the surprise something that that maybe you didn't see coming uh in this game and and Greg we'll start with you Well, I
3: don't know if I could say I didn't see it coming. I was surprised that it happened when it happened. And that was, uh, I was very intrigued when the Trojans deep into the fourth quarter, the second to last drive. And I said, okay, Dart actually got in there earlier in the second half. And I said, would they really put him in, in crunch time of crunch time? And uh, look, it, it was a roll of the dice a little bit and they put him in. And I said, what a signal that sends. What a signal that they are willing to put in Jackson Dart at at the time, a critical time of the game. They hadn't scored a touchdown. The game was getting tighter and they didn't put Slovis in there. It must've been very difficult for Slovis or maybe even shocking that he wasn't going in, but let's face it. uh, They, you know, um, uh, Dart did lead him back down for a field goal. He didn't look like he was phased by the pressure of the situation I think the long-range implications is we've got a real quarterback. If they're going to put him in in that situation, they're sending a message, period. Now, we know the last drive of the game, they put Slovis in, which made a lot of sense. So that was was only surprising because they had kept Dart in there. But when it got down to, okay, we don't want to make sure that no fumbles because, let's face it, if Dart had made a turnover in any shape or form, the the howling would have been, well, what did you have the freshman in there for? So discretion, the better part of valor. So I understood that. And you know, they got into victory celebration and that was it in the formation. That was the end, uh, you know, end of game. But the fact that he was in there when he was in there, I found surprising.
2: Yeah, I I absolutely made a note of him going in there and, and that being a, a really big situation uh, to go with him. Mark, go ahead. Your, uh, you know, quote unquote trick, your your surprise from uh, from the game.
4: And. I probably shouldn't be, um, but the fact that this team still has not scored a touchdown in the third quarter. This is three games in a row. And if you watch the interviews that we did after the game, I pressed Graham Harrell really hard on this because he we got the same typical coach-speak answers that you get. But I asked him, I said, you know, this is the third game in a row that cumulatively you guys have scored three points in the third quarter. This is a trend. He doesn't see it that way, but this is a trend. So, why am I surprised that this team cannot, against the worst team, not only in the conference, but maybe in the country, they cannot put up a touchdown in the third quarter again for the third consecutive game? It doesn't matter if Drake London's available or not, because he was available the two games prior. Trick or treat.
3: <laughs> what? No candy?
4: Black licorice
3: There you go I prefer red But I'll take black I hate black licorice
2: (laughs) Yeah I mean It's It's really difficult To come up with A a surprise From this game I mean I, I knew coming in I think we all knew Arizona is Is not a good team And I think I just kept Trying to convince Myself coming in SC's gonna figure They're gonna figure out How to put a home game Together They're gonna get rid of The mistakes and the issues and and they're going to be able to put it away when they kind of ran out a little bit early and and put some drives together and and got ahead uh it you know it looked like okay maybe they're going to be able to do this but honestly my my answer is is going to be nothing and and yeah that's cheating but this game it unfolded the way with everything you expect from USC now, right? The the third quarter lapses, the letting the team back in, the not being able to put your your foot kind of on the other team's throat when you get a lead. Uh, the the penalties, the mistakes, the, you know, that that's kind of become the catch-all for anything that goes wrong. Uh, a holding that brings something back, not able to score a touchdown in the red zone, all, all of that stuff. So again, I, I know I threw the category out to you guys and I made you answer and, and I'm gonna cheat and say so they're just. There, there was, there was nothing. There, this is, this is the team. This is the team that has run out there every time. And at this point, if you're going to find, if you were going to find answers, they would have happened already. Uh, the fact that it's happening against Arizona again, this, this is not, it's not like all of a sudden Arizona. Oh, they, they figured something out here and, and they really put a great game together and they came out and played hard. That that's, that's not what happened. USC found a way I think at home again, to play down, to a team that it, that is really not very good. And so th- that, you know, that's going to kind of go into our next thing. And, and that's going to be, uh, we, we went with trick. We, now we'll go with treat, which is the expectation, what you expected to see coming into this game. And certainly it, it might not be a treat in the, <laughs> in the typical sense of this, but we'll go with the, the expectation that was met. Mark, you go ahead and, and lead us off.
4: The defense looking like crap again. I, I, I really don't want to belabor this, but you know when we are you're watching Drake Jackson dropping trying to cover a tight end thirty yards deep, that's not who he is. He's not capable of doing that. and that's not a knock on Drake. that you're just mismanaging his usage. Um, so at this point, that's my expectation. How is a defense going to look worse than they did the week before? they're They're finding a way.
2: Trick-or-treat. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, Greg, go ahead. Yours, your, your, uh, your treat. Yeah. Your <laughs> well, I expectation. You that what. was bad. Okay.
3: My expectation was going to be a tough game. I believed it was going to go into the fourth quarter. I've said that to all my friends and they go, but they're horrible. I said, they're not good offensively, but they play hard. And there's something to be said about that. And they played hard for four quarters as inept as they could be at times they still i mean they're they're taking a wide receiver and they're turning you know and turning him into a quarterback and he's throwing the ball deep for completions and i totally agree with with mark that this defense has got so many different it's like holes in the wall and there's water seeping everywhere and you plug one hole and then another one opens up and it's to the point where i expected that in the second half that um that it was going to be tough. And the fourth quarter, I actually started to think, is it possible that, you know, if they don't, especially for the onside kick, I said, you know what, the way things are going, of course the onside kick was tailor made to be recovered by by the Trojans. But, you know, I think the thing that really, uh, uh, I, I just can't believe they, I mean, I believe that they can't score in the third quarter. We, that's proven. I was surprised they couldn't score in the fourth quarter a touchdown. I said a whole half, you couldn't score one, one, one touchdown in the, in, the, in the second half. Part of that is maybe they keep alternating quarterbacks as efficient as maybe both of them are, but give somebody a try to, to do it. We'll see what happens in the future. But no, I, I, I expected the game to be a tough game. Uh, Arizona's not very good, and we're not exactly the 72 national championship team either.
2: Yeah, and 35 points in the first half. The last time against Washington State in 2020, 35 points in the first half. Second half, they scored three. 35 points in the first half against Arizona. Second half, they scored six, two field goals. It, it, is, it is something that happens. It is, it is a trend uh, at this point. My expectation that was met was that we were going to see Jackson Dart, that he was going to play well. And at the end of the game, we were going to be talking about what do the quarter? What do the Trojans do at quarterback now? What does it look like? What do the reps look like? How do you, you know, what what sort of emphasis is put on? You know, let's keep Keenan Slovis as the starter. How much do we need to play Jackson Dart? You hear the players kind of talk about Jackson Dart's attitude and and what he brings and that sort of thing, and it's just there's certain ways the, the coaches and players talk about a guy where you start to think there's there's something here, and that's the way they've talked about Jackson Dart all season, even, you know, even early on when he wasn't playing uh, at that point. So it's a, it's a real thing. That's going to be kind of a conversation. How do you manage that? How do you play both those guys? Because Keaton Slovis, again, he has not been the issue this year, the sole issue of, Oh, that's, that's why, you know, you're struggling through the pac 12 and and you're not putting wins together. He's I, I think we all agree. He's been fine. He's been just fine. So the idea that he needs to be benched and you have to go to somewhere else, that's not the case, but there are certain players that kind of get your attention and get guys going and, and get guys motivated. And, and again, no knock on Keaton, but Jackson brings it. that's his that's his positive as a football player. One, well, one of them uh, that he can do that, that he can have that kind of impact. So, yeah, this is going to be this is going to be interesting, uh, I, I think, the rest of the year. And I think that's something especially against an Arizona defense where you expected USC to score some points. Uh, expected Jackson Dart to, to kind of get in there a little bit. So how they go forward, and, and this will get us into our fifth point here, how they go forward is going to be fascinating. So our fifth thing, and that's the biggest takeaway from this game, Greg, we'll we'll start with you on that. Your biggest takeaway uh, from again USC beating Arizona 4134.
3: My biggest takeaway is with the loss of London, they're gonna to have to they're gonna to have to readjust their offense and they're gonna to have to decide on quarterbacks. Now, You hit on some good points on Slovis and Dart. I think the team plays hard for Slovis. I think they play harder for Dart Uh, for whatever reason. Look, you could watch Slovis stand in the pocket and get sacked and whacked around. You didn't really see uh, Dart get caught in the pocket, whacked around, although he did get hit a couple of times. Okay. But there is that it factor, that intangible, what have you. I agree totally. This is not a Slovis issue per se. Okay. But Dart makes them more dangerous. He fire, he seems to fire up the team Uh, and that this team needs a lot of firing up. Apparently Um, it will be interesting to see uh, just how much Graham Harrell is going to have to adjust his offense to put SC in positions to win. And so my, my takeaway is next week uh, against Arizona state, and we hear it's a 7.30 kickoff. Oh, boy. Uh, and coming off of a loss, Arizona State's really going to be, knows this is do or die for them. Uh, it's going to be a fascinating game unto itself. So my takeaway is we're going to see a lot of things, I think, change in the uh, against Arizona State, maybe some subliminal, some right in our face. Uh, but, you know, something, uh, it can't go on this way. I agree with Mark. You can't keep not having scoring touchdowns in the second half. That's ludicrous.
2: Mark, go ahead. Your biggest takeaway from this one.
4: My biggest takeaway is probably my biggest fear is that we probably might have seen USC's last victory of the season. Um, And again, I come back to the defense. On what was that? Third and 13, Arizona had third and goal. They have a non-running quarterback who literally turned into Crazy Legs, Elroy Hirsch. <laughs> and he he scored the touchdown. A non-running quarterback figured out a way to zigzag his way through, I don't know, eight defenders? And not even get touched. So, yeah, um, I, I don't know. It, it, unless this defense can make significant strides within a week, this team is going to be hard-pressed to win another game. Because like you just mentioned, you know, Washington State just knocked off ASU. Cal just, you know, threw Oregon State under the bus. I mean, and these are teams that have handled USC very easily. So, hey, Drake London is on the shelf, what it seems like for the rest of the year. I'm not gonna say we have a quarterback controversy, but we got two quarterbacks who can lead this team. And you've got an offensive identity of knows what so yeah the team is four and four they need two more wins to become bowl eligible their next two games are at asu at cal before they finish up at home against ucla and byu hey
2: it's a tough slate it's going to be tough for them to find those two wins my the biggest takeaway is Drake London. The the last few weeks in in the in the huddle that I do, kind of previewing games, one of the keys for the USC offense has been Drake London and question mark. Who's the other guy who's gonna step up? Who who's gonna do it? But Drake London was always the guarantee, was always the guy you knew. He's gonna he's gonna put his catches together, he's gonna put yards, he's gonna affect the defense and make them do something. With him not there, who does that? I mean, Keontae Ingram was Phenomenal in this game. Can he do it every single time? Can another wide receiver step up? Where are the answers to go there? Because Drake London was such a security blanket for Keaton Slovis and and even for Jackson Dart too. So finding a, a completely new identity offensively. This is not a team that has adjusted well and figured out its issues and solved problems week to week. Even even given the bye week going in another Dame. There just there haven't been answers. Now all of a sudden, I mean, you're up a level. You're you're in graduate level classes now, and you couldn't figure out kind of the the early stuff. So that's going to be really interesting to watch. You you hope that it kind of galvanizes them, right? And and guys do step up and hey, we need to do. We need to change things here. We need to find some answers here uh, and get that done. Boy, it's tough to bet on that based on what we've seen throughout this year. So again, that that to me is going to be the most fascinating thing is there's somebody who who steps up it's kind of a clear leader for the offense because drake london was that he he's not a loud guy you know when, when you talk to him or anything like that but he led by example and and he's a guy that everyone wanted to play better because he was playing that well so with him on the sideline potentially again for for the rest of the season yeah they they need to find someone or who who can do that for him
4: by the way, he, he still finished as USC's leading receiver on the night. Nine catches.
2: Yep, just to do it one more time. <laughs> again, if, if, it is, if it is indeed one more time. So uh, that, that's our look. Some big news. The wide receiver position at the quarterback position and, and defensively, again, some, some big takeaways. Uh, as we look back at USC beating Arizona 41-34, to USC's first Pac-12 home win. This year. So fin- finally got on the right side uh of the ledger there. Uh appreciate you watching and listening for Greg Katz for Mark Culkin. This is Eric McKinney. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We are we are
0: Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets